0: Hello and welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names, proud member of the Dice Tower Network and this is episode double digit number 10, the hostess with the mostess. And about four hours away from me right now is Tony sitting at a hotel room in Atlanta.
1: Yes, I am. And let me just say that it's my second time down here in two weeks. And I'm tired of that drive, man. That's a long drive down 85. But yep, I'm down. here. Oh, it's only four hours. I know. But hey, it's amazing what technology can do. I mean, we went from going face to face to being four hours away. Pretty cool. Well, you know, we got we got a schedule to keep, so we can't let work get in the way of the schedule. No, we can't, and this kept me, you know, from having to go out here in hot Atlanta and oh, I don't know, based on what the people know about us from our last podcast, uh, not doing anything. But anyway, <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't think there's any worry about anybody getting in trouble while you're down there. But now, now I did just read. I don't know if you just read this. I saw a article that talked about the top ten nerdiest cities in the United States, and it's based on conventions, a number of game stores, a number of comic book stores, and Atlanta is the number one nerdiest city
1: in the United States. Then explain to me why there's not a game store in Metro Atlanta. They're all on the outskirts. Because I've looked them up. And then I cannot explain that, but
0: it did win the award for the most nerdy city.
1: Oh, that's pretty cool. I, I know there is a comic book store within walking distance of the hotel, and I'll go down there tomorrow and check it out. But um, I was reading about it on Board Game Geek, and they said you know they've got comic books, maybe a few games, and hopefully uh, uh, they've they've moved their location. So, I've to, but I do know they're still in the um, Buckhead area.
0: Well, I know that Tuesday now Wednesday is comic release day, so all the new books will be out tomorrow.
1: Oh well, maybe I can go start that bad habit up again. Oh, not that reading comics are bad, but you know. No, no, no! It's
0: an expensive habit.
1: Yes, it is. There is no doubt about that. So, but I would be interested to see who's in the shop, and maybe they'll have a, a calendar or something online. I can see if they're playing any games tomorrow night instead of sitting in the hotel room and. Watching nothing on TV. I think what the voice was the other night, so I don't have to worry about it. I'm just kidding, just kidding. Oh my goodness, you just outed yourself. No, I, I don't watch the voice. Okay, anyway, so what do you mean by the hostess to, with the mostest? What are we going to be talking about tonight?
0: What we're going to be talking about in this episode is how to host a game night. And now you're like, okay, seriously, how and which you
1: hey, you are the king. Well, no, that was last episode. I am your king. Boom, boom. But I'm oh bad. But you are the hey, you're the king of hosting. We come over to to your um location because you got the nice man cave down there ready to go. So hopefully, you know you you you. This is your show, man. So I'm just gonna sit back and listen.
0: Oh no. No, you're not gonna just sit back and listen. But yeah, we've been what having game nights for about what 15 years now. So we've got a lot of experience in this, and we've got a list of dos and don'ts and things that can help make your game night go very smoothly. And uh, if you're wanting to, never hosted a game night, maybe we'll give you some tips on how to be a good host and basically how to handle gamers once they uh, once they come into your house. So uh, you ready to get started? As always, I'm
1: ready to kick this off. All right, let's do it. So, in one episode, we had Alex on where he talked about, you know, getting your game club together. And there are some nights when you want to just, well, not gather with everybody again. And one of the big things is, you need to be able to just maybe host one in your home. So, let's talk a little bit about some of the things you need to do to prepare for this. Because, you know, just inviting people over, hey, you want to come over and play a game? Yeah, sure. And then they all show up. It needs to be, I hate to say this, Marty, but you got to have some enjoyment out of it. You got to have Oh, you know, it's great to get water out of the tap faucet, but come on, you know, you got to offer a little bit. You got to host a little bit to make it so that people are willing to come back and really kind of make this part of a routine, a monthly or bi-weekly routine or whatever. And you know, it's just common, I would say common courtesy to when you host one of these things to make sure that people are welcomed into your home. Now, uh, you do it often. You, you host us coming over. What are some of the key things that you make sure are, are ready for us when we get over there?
0: Before I get into some of those things, I, th- I think you're right. I think the point is is that if you're going to host a game night, uh, there needs to be a little bit of organization. I don't know that you should just you know fly by the seat of your pants. I, I'm sure it can work. And I guess if you've got a lot of good friends that you've been playing with for quite a while, maybe it's okay. But if for somebody who may be getting into maybe inviting some friends or family over that I've never played before, there are some tips to have. And and like you said, I think first thing is forget that it's a game night. Just treat it like you're having guests into your home. So that means, uh, you know, make sure you know who's going to be coming. Make sure they know exactly what time to arrive, how long they think they might stay. Maybe things about, uh, you know, food. People always come over. It's like, well, do we need to eat beforehand? Are we going to eat there? as the host throw those things out, say, Hey, you know, eat beforehand. We'll have snacks or everybody bring five bucks, chip in, we'll order some pizza or something, but just treat it again. Aside from the fact that it's a game night, just treat it like an event that you're having at your house that you would treat like any, any normal event.
1: Right. And I think there's one thing that you keyed on that. Maybe we can spend some time talking about organizing the date and the time. I know in our group, that's becoming more and more of a challenge, just trying to find a date. There's no doubt about it.
0: Yeah, in fact, it's funny. Just just this past week, right, we, we tried. I think um, yeah. a couple weeks ago you said, hey, let's let's try for this upcoming Saturday night. So I sent out an email to a, a few of the guys we've been gaming with for, what, 10, 15 years. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's a bad day for me. But looking into May, this day in May looks really good. It's like, wow, we got to go into May? So. Yeah, I mean, people with their schedules, with families and work and stuff, it, it's hard just on a on a on a minutes notice say, hey, let's get together tomorrow night because more likely it's not going to work. So scheduling can be tough, and it is tough within our group when you got so many other things going on, um, especially that's things that may be more important than hooking up and playing games.
1: Yeah, and and like you said, I mean, what people need to understand when this show is released, I mean, you 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 sent out that note the second week in April, and. We were already looking at our calendars into May. So as people think about hosting a game night, they just don't expect people to, you know, drop everything and come over. You've got to be able to throw out multiple dates. And the other thing is the way people respond. I know this is fun for you, Marty, on our angry episode. Maybe this is what you should have been angry about is you know, don't nobody's replying to my email. But um, just, you know, you, you're you going to have, yeah, I know, I know. Um, you're going to have to prod people along and, and don't just say, hey, uh, let's have a game night. Anybody got any dates? You need to throw out those dates, and then once you narrow that down, you should be good to go, or at least try to. Now, keep in mind when you throw out those dates, we like we like to game on Friday or Saturday night for obvious reasons.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, Friday and Saturday, definitely the best for us. It seems um, a lot of stuff's going on in the middle of the week, plus we can feel like we can stay up later. There is not work afterwards the next day, and people feel like, okay, if we're going to run late, into the night or something, it's not a big deal because we can we can sleep the next day. Very good point about throwing out multiple dates. And, and you kind of taught me that over the years of, okay, let me look at my calendar. I'm going to throw out three dates. Which <laughs> one fits everybody's schedule? And we've also learned, too, that when there's maybe five or six people involved, you may have to pick a time when everybody can't show up. Right. You may just have to sacrifice and say, okay, I've only got five or six that can show up but you just may have to, you know, bite the bullet tell the person I'm I'm sorry we can't do it on a night that's good for you but this is the night most people can make which is tough but we found that we kind of need to do that. Oh, without
1: out of doubt and then once you narrow that date down and I know you've been doing it um well we've been trying to gather it up that even when you finally get people narrowed down something that inevitably comes up for people and they they have to bail on you but you know that just happens don't get your feelings hurt and i know people are out there saying well this is just common sense you would be surprised at how hard it is to manage schedules for people sometimes sure sure especially
0: on on something like this where it's like oh it's just it's just a game night people don't elevate it in their priorities. It's like, I really need to do this. Other things can easily get in front of it. Family events, kid events, and, and such. So yes, you, you got to be flexible and realize on the day of the event, you may get the email or phone call saying, oh, sorry, I can't make it. And you just got to kind of improvise from there.
1: Right. And don't people reply and say, well, why don't you all use Google calendars and stuff like that? We've tried that. You know, you will be surprised. People don't look at them, things like that. Did you not look at it? We've tried to mesh calendars. You know, everybody's got their way of trying to get things scheduled without a doubt. So when you're trying to pick a date, throw them out there, stay with it. And eventually you got to, I hate to say you got to constantly bug people, but you don't, but you do need to remind them, hey, what's looking good, what's looking good. And hopefully you'll get some responses. Now, when it comes to the time, when we started out, Marty and I, we'd start out eight, nine o'clock at night would work best because our, our kids were young and they would go to bed, right? Right. We would show up at each other's house, and we'd be like, hey, let's start at nine so we don't wake the kids up. All right, now the kids wake us up, but that's beside <laughs> the point.
0: Yeah, so what we found is we, we would game until one or two in the morning. No problem, no big deal. And as the years have gone, that window, like from nine to two, the five-hour window has started sliding back eight to one, seven to twelve six to eleven it just keeps sliding backwards and getting early and early because by eleven o'clock at night it's like I'm tired and ready to go to bed so
1: I guess that's just old age it, it is and it stinks and besides you can't get to the senior menu in time if you if you want to <laughs> eat before the game night so you got to be there at five o'clock so <laughs> the blue plate special the, <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> and, and you know, the food's usually hot on the bar
0: <laughs> that's right <laughs> um and uh, you mentioned the whole thing about coordinating calendars. That was another thing too. I was going to mention is how do you communicate? I think we've tried every form of electronic media to communicate. We've tried Facebook groups. We've tried Google Plus groups. We've tried emails. We tried to find. Oh, we've tried forums. We've tried all these things for people to go use and check and. Inevitably, one person will not be a Facebook user. One person will not check forums. One person will not go and do this. So we have found, we just use the old archaic email. You force an email in somebody's inbox, they're more likely to see it. So with our group, that's kind of the way we've gone. And I know there's a lot better high-tech ways to to do that besides email, but... Again, you got to go with the way that you can reach out to the most people and get the most responses back.
1: And, and from your friends, you got to meet. The, what do they use? I mean, um, and, and, and emails. You, not one email, multiple emails, work emails, or mm-hmm. or various accounts that they may have. Because you never do know who's going. I only check my Gmail once a week or whatever. I'm mostly on this mail. So you you got to have them all set up. There's no doubt about it. So, But yeah, you you try the email route. So you've got a date, you've got a time, you've got things planned out, you know, that I'm supposed to either bring money to eat or whatever. And then as a guest, you know, we're talking about being a host, but as a guest, you need, it it just goes with party. I mean, I, I, I hate to say it enough, like we'll get negative emails here, but you know, our wives know how to oh you're supposed to bring something duh, 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 duh. well that's the that's something that a guest that needs to do is also plan on hey he may have drinks well don't expect them to have the drink that you like you know i don't have to worry about it. marty is a coke zero drinker same here we're good we're solid
0: actually i'm diet mountain dew but i know you don't drink diet mountain
1: dew so i go to my coke zero backup when you come over Okay, well, Diet Mountain Dew, and you won't ever see me at the table. I'll be in the bathroom peeing always. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's just something you got to figure. Um, but you're, you're, I appreciate you doing that. But, yeah, so, you, so what can I bring? You always offer that back. But as the host, Marty, says, you know, you know I don't ever have to worry. Dessert's going to be there or some type of snack is going to be on the table.
0: Right. Well, that's the wife thing. Um, she's one of these is like, if, if we have people over, she feels she needs to make sure that she has something out for, for people to eat. And I, I think people appreciate that and they kind of know they're going to get something here. You, you touched on the drinks, which is a very good point. Uh, I think we found with our group, it's like, uh, I forget what this guy likes. I forget what this guy likes. So it's like, all right, bring what you want to drink so that you'll have something to drink. Because let's face it, if you're going to be sitting here four and five hours, you, you want something to sip on. If you're a water person, great, Then we'll always have water for you. But more than likely, there's going to be something else that, that you want to drink, and it's hard for the host to go out and buy six or seven different types of drinks and hope that you hit exactly what somebody's looking for. As far as the snacks, uh, I think the host should – if people are getting in their cars and taking their time and coming to your house, the host should be the one responsible for having out snacks and goodies and stuff. And you do that. When I come over to your house and it's just me and you, you're always will have a a little bowl of something in the uh, in the middle of the table. It's not Cheetos. No, it's not. And if you need to go back and listen to our five minute initiative on deck protectors and about cheesy substances, it is game friendly snacks, which consist of like maybe Chex Mix, peanuts. Um, what else is good?
1: I put out, we've, we yeah, have fruit. We've had that.
0: Well, not, I'm not all fruit, I guess. Not like, uh, banana. you know, strawberries or something. There you go. Banana. But anything that's not messy, not sticky, that's the kind of stuff that you're looking for. But yeah, so you always want to make sure you have a little bit of snack on. Cause again, after four or five hours, you're probably going to get the munchies and just have little dishes out there with, with something to eat. And again, if the host feels like they don't want to have to provide all that, like I typically do, I usually say just bring a drink and a snack. And people will bring a little pack of cookies or, or something like that just to kind of munch on during the night. You're going to get hungry. So just be prepared for it, especially if you're not doing a full meal We've kind of, we've, we've been hit and miss with full meals and we do full meals. It's nice, but it cuts into our gaming time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've planned these nice meals where it's like, let's do Italian, let's grill out and stuff. And you spend an hour doing that and it cuts in your gaming time, which is nice because you get to socialize. But I think we've just now almost go back to the standard of like, okay, if we're going to eating, we'll order pizza and we'll have it delivered to the house. Right.
1: And, and, and that's one thing like, you're saying already is, you know, no Cheetos, and one thing as a host and you we've heard this on the dice tower Tom Vassal talks about it where he says you know i'm going to not worry my games are going to possibly get messed up that's up but it's that's the whole point of it you need to accept that drinks may get spilled if you don't want them to be spilled on your stuff you need to be aware of that you need to but you you've invited people in they don't need to feel Um, Apprehensive when they're playing your game, know that, accept that. That's the way it is, and and that makes the whole night fun. And that's what you're trying to do is is make a fun uh, environment for people so that you can have this social aspect going back. And that's really what board gaming is becoming. It's this huge social aspect that's going on of bringing people back together. So as you host, you just need to realize, hey. My stuff might get messed up. It may not. I may have to replace it. That's just a whole part of it. I mean, that's just the way it is when you, when you have a game night.
0: All right. So a little side note. Let me share this anecdote with you that I don't know if you heard about at uh, at our game club event a couple weeks ago. No. Um, one of the guys brought his game um, from AEG Dominare, put it on the table to play. A girl that had never been to the event before was playing. And as she was playing, she was like, I don't feel too good. And she threw up all over the board. No. The whole board. I was not there. I did not see it. But they said it was like she just like immediately the faucet came on and it was all over the table. And obviously that game was ruined. Now, everybody felt real bad for because she almost passed out. She must have had a bad stomach virus or something. But you know what? The guy who owned the game had the best attitude. He he did exactly what you said. It's like you know what? I know the risk when I bring a game. Now he probably thinks the risk is somebody may spill a drink on it and not, you know, throw up all over it. But you know, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> so you know, it probably wasn't the risk he was expecting. But you know what? He had a good attitude. It's like you know, things happen. He felt bad for and he moved on. So that's that's a great point. If you're gonna. Uh, be hosting a game night and bringing a game or having a game there, there there's a chance to get, make it may get messed up if food is involved. And again, that's why we also try to make or bring uh, game-safe snacks.
1: Uh, uh, right. And it just people need to ex- uh, accept it. It's going to happen. That's, hey, that's life. But it can be replaced, like you said, or, you know, Use those deck protectors. Hey, there you go. Laminate your boards if you're that sensitive to it. <laughs> I don't think
0: deck protectors would have protected that game against that. Oh, I am oh, pretty sure you needed like a tarp or a vinyl mat or something on top of something, you know.
1: Yeah, no. Too bad y'all weren't playing like a uh, Atlantis rising, or something where you know you had the tidal wave come in, or something like that. Ooh. But anyway, oh, Forbidden Island. Oh, it's sunk! Uh, oh, it's <laughs> sunk! It's dead. It's over. Yeah, those treasures are lost. That's it. We're done with that.
0: Yeah, they're done. Thank you, and good night. Oh, uh, so, um. So, th- so that was just a little side note. So, okay, so we've got our date. We've got our time. We've got the guests out there. We've got the people that are coming. We've got the s- drinks in place. we got the snacks in place. Now let's just talk a little bit about the games. Now, I think there are two ways you can approach having a game night. One is you invite people over and say, there is a particular game that you want to play. I want to bring to the table this game. You guys come over. This is what we're going to play. The other is, hey, I'm going to invite you over for game night. And have several games. Say, hey, if you want to bring a game, i have games out. And then just as the night goes on, you decide what you want to play. And you know what? I like both of those types of events. If there's a particular game I'm really wanting to play and my friends are wanting to play, we'll set it up and do it. But there's also sometimes the fun of not knowing exactly what you're going to do. People come in and all of a sudden they have an itch. Ooh, I want to play that. And then you open that up and you play it. Maybe it's a game you haven't played in a while. I mean, I guess you could get stuck and play a game you really don't want to play, but that's why you only put out games that Resistance. you want to play in the first place. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we don't play a lot of Resistance on our game nights because of Tony. So. Even though it is a good filler game, which we'll talk about in a second. But but anyway, so yeah, there, I think to me, I think there's two ways to, to run a game night. You have a set games you're going to play, or we're going to be here for four or five hours, here are some games that we can play. You know, fit in that time and maybe play two or three games over that time span.
1: Right, and then once you do that, you fit, you figure it out. Um, definitely, I know when, you, and and people need to realize the time. You know, there, and, and the crowd you're going into. Because one thing you gotta remember, if you invite, like we invited a couple over the other night. to – come over and first time we've ever had them over they were very interested in learning to play seven wonders so part of that night we had to explain the game so as a host know your rules nothing's more fun than sitting there and ripping out the old rule book and say ah okay this is how you play it So that's one of the things you need to be prepared. So once you have the games, now true, Marty, what you're saying is with the normal crowd, if they come in and say, hey, let's play Thunderstone and you haven't played it in forever, you know, I understand you can refresh, but at least we've played it, you know. But from the standpoint of if you're the host, uh, you you should know the rules. Or even if you're the guest and you're bringing a game, know your rules so that you're not spending an hour misunderstanding the the um, game or trying to figure out the game that really kills a game night uh without a doubt unless it's some game like oh I don't know Twilight Imperium and um but then again um or StarCraft or any of those others that take you a while
0: yeah and you I didn't even think about that. that 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 is that's a great point of I've been in situations where somebody says hey you want to learn how to play a game sure And then you're basically learning the game with them as they open the rule book. And you're sitting there for like 30 minutes going, I'm bored. I want to do something else. That'll kill a night. And that'll keep people from wanting to come back. And especially if you're doing this for uh, new gamers, uh, people that haven't uh, played a lot of games, and you're just kind of introducing them to games, the worst thing you can do is not be prepared and not understand the rules like you said. Because if you're going to teach them settlers... You better be able to explain them to it very easily or you may lose a potential gamer. You know, if they're not, if you don't hook them that first time, they may never want to play again. Right. And
1: I mean, even though I've played with my neighbor's pandemic many, 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 many times, I'm still reminding them of what each of the. Uh, professions does or roles so accept that that's part of you know being the host that you're going to be the go-to you're going to be the wiki you're going to be the one that they're they're wanting you to know and yeah i've been playing a game where someone said now wait a minute you have that rule wrong i'm fine with that you know that that will happen but yeah that's always fun to have that challenge of trying to teach somebody a new game but that's the fun of it Accept that as having fun and 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 hosting that game night that's one of the things but okay so we've got our game now we've got time date food drinks we're settled in we've got the games picked now it comes location where are you going to have this game now not everybody's as lucky as marty and have you got this incredible man cave with um that can host you know a whole bunch of people down there um you know but you need to think about it. Um, you need to think. Where am I going to do this? What's going to be involved? You don't want um, <laughs> before Marty had this. Okay, I'm going to tell you, Marty. Before Marty had this man cave. Go ahead. Um, it was we'd sit at his kitchen table. It was gr- it was great, you know. And here come the kids, or here come the, and they come running back down the stairs, you know. And this was when they were young, you know. You're you're sitting there getting into the game, and then. Here come my here they come, or they come up and they hang on Daddy's arm or Mommy's arm, Mommy, can you do this you You need to that's part of the game night you need to either accept it or you need to realize that you can isolate away from that. It depends on what the the game situation is,
0: oh yeah, I remember those days in in the old house with my little octagon table that didn't have a lot of room and the and the kids running anywhere, but you know you just kinda kind of got you gotta do what you you gotta work with what you got. And it actually comes to another point is where do you play? Do you have a table big enough? And most people's kitchen or dining room table is probably going to be a big enough to host a game. But when you're thinking about a game, maybe like if you want to try Twilight Imperium, that takes a lot of space. You need to make sure that you got a, a table that can take care of it. And, you know, talking about kids, you got to make sure that you can play in a place where you're not going to wake the kids if they have to go to bed or something like that. So, Location it is a very good point. I mean, there's also do you try to pick a central location so that everybody uh, drives the same amount? You rotate who hosts games so that everybody can have a chance at it. So a, again, it's kind of a typical party etiquette thing. You know, it, it still applies to hosting games too.
1: Uh, you're absolutely right. And driving is one thing. You know, if you if you don't if your host doesn't mind, keep hosting it, and they've got a great location, go for it. And so. And don't ever feel like you're imposing on them unless you constantly mention it and they are not saying, yeah, okay, I'll host again. You know, that's one of my concerns because I know, Marty, you're always hosting, but you got a great location. You don't mind. Uh, Your wife Mm -hmm. doesn't mind. It's it's perfect. Um, The only issue is we have one gentleman who does have to drive across the country to get there. But, hey, you know, he's never – been able, he he doesn't mind because he knows it's better to come to your house than it is to try to host at his house. Um, a few times, right? I, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And the few times I've hosted, you know, uh, everything works fine works fine um but we're not isolated from the living room so you know sometimes you might feel like am i imposing on the other family members if you're sitting there at the kitchen table playing games and they're just a few uh, feet away watching tv and you're having to compete with the tv and i'll never forget the days of turn it down you know, when when they're over <laughs>
0: yeah. there, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the kids watching TV. It's like, guys, could you please turn it around? or are trying to try and play a game over here. That's what really pushed me to finish the basement, so I could finally have that peace and quiet while we play. All right, so there's one thing we actually didn't talk about. When we did talk about time of people coming over, you're typically going to have that straggler, right? So if you're ready to say we're going to play at six o'clock, lots of times you're going to get that text or the phone call you know what i'm going to be 45 minutes late so you know what you need to have in case of that is you need to have filler games and we've talked about over our episodes we talked about short games that might work as filler and stuff like that but you need to have that game that everybody knows how to play or that you can teach real quick and that could be done in 15 to 30 minutes and i know one of our early filler games was a game called surro t-s-u-r-o I don't see it a lot anymore, but it was a, it was a quick little uh, board game. that probably took like 10 minutes to play Uh, stuff like that works. Um, What's another good filler game that doesn't take a long time. I'm I'm just, Drawing a brain i'm a brain fart
1: um for me it's any type of simple card games you've got you've done love letters recently that you really love um i'll enjoy right. i'll enjoy throwing out a game i got at origins recent uh, last year called now deluxe by minion it's a great little trick um or a set collection game usually those you'll find in your card games i would say flux but depending on the rule you never do know uh. that could be a filler to an all nighter
0: Right, exactly. Um, Same thing with Munchkin. Munchkin you think could take real – it could be a short game and it ends up being a lot longer than what you expect. Uh, What is another good little filler game? Um, Love Letter is brand new. It's it's a newer game that we like. It's fast. only plays four players. That's the only downside to it. If you got people that know how to play, if you can get it set up really quick, Seven Wonders moves pretty fast.
1: Yeah, Seven Wonders, you know, they're not kidding about 30 minutes, but you got to have it set up, ready to go. Uh, my wife pointed out, you know, she loves playing Seven Wonders. What she hates about Seven Wonders is scoring the stupid game. It takes just as long to score it as it does to play it.
0: Well, That's why you have the nice iPad app.
1: It, even then, you're going through, okay, how many people got military? How many people got science? Scroll, 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 scroll. So <laughs> even with the little app, it's it's hilarious. But it's a great game. I love it. And that's going to be in our card episode.
0: That's true about the scoring. And in fact, that's that game. That's like, you don't know how this game works until the very end when you score it. And you go, oh, so that's why you want the sign. That's why you want the green cards and all that stuff. So, but yeah, so that if you got people that know how to play that, that's a good filler game. Or you could just use it a chance to socialize. Lots of times since our gaming group, the guys that we got together with for so long, Our schedules are so all over the place that lots of times you're just spending 15, 30 minutes catching up anyway. So it's nice just to do that too. So you don't necessarily feel like you have to play a game as soon as they walk in the door. Just spend some time catching up or whatever.
1: Zombie Dice.
0: Sorry. <laughs> it's like, I was sitting there looking at you. It's like, Whoa, is he going to say anything? It's like, oh, yeah, Zombie Dice. Actually, that's good. Zombie Dice is a good little filler game. It doesn't take long at all. That's, that's, a, that's a good one. <laughs> I, th- I thought we lost connection. It was like, uh-oh, do we lose connection to
1: something? No, no, no connection loss. But uh, pretty soon we're going to have another little filler game. And I know we're going off track here. But, you know, Dungeon Roll, when that comes out from um, – TMG that that'll be another good filler game for everybody once we teach it to them so yeah. that, that's good but so to, to finish I think to finish up this segment before we go into the next one it's find your time your place your uh, your your date You're, you'll be surprised at how challenged you are on your date. Um, and just common sense when it comes to, you know, it, it's a small little party. And if you treat it that way, everybody will have a great time and it'll be a break from your different. I know when we talked about the gaming club, Alex mentioned, you know, the gaming club is to get together for games and, uh, you will develop from that little other side nights where you and a small group get together and, and have a big time. There's yeah, no doubt yeah, about that, it.
0: That, that, that's a good point. Yeah. I think the big thing, the big takeaway from this is just treat it like a regular party, you know, it, you know, be respectful of the people that are coming over, uh, uh, treat it like a, not necessarily a formal event by any means, but just, you know, have a little bit of etiquette, make sure they understand what to bring directions. If you need to give them directions, make sure they understand how to get there uh, give them a phone number to call in case they can't you know, find you or something like that. It's Again, the whole goal is just to make a great, fun environment so they'll want to come back. And especially if you're doing this for people that might have never played games, you want to make them feel as comfortable as possible because you know how it was when you first started trying some of these games. You were intimidated by it. So if you're going to be already intimidated by a little bit what you're doing, make sure the surroundings and the environment is very comfortable and cozy for those that are going to be your guests. In this segment of Casual Corner, we're not going to focus on one specific game, but instead we want to talk about games that might be used at your first game night for people who are new to the gaming hobby. Now for me, I think personally of all the games we've talked about in Casual Corner, I think I might actually lean towards a very easy co-op game. Now in our Casual Corner before, we talked about a very popular, probably one of the most popular co-op games, Pandemic and that is a a good game to kind of sit down and teach people about the hobby gaming but the co-op aspect of it makes it a little less intimidating in that it's not head-to-head so they're not feeling like oh well this guy's just going to tear me up because i never played before and i don't know what i'm doing in a co-op situation you can hold their hand help them out explain the rules work together and you win together or lose together now since we've done that episode I've actually picked up a game called Flashpoint, which is also a co-op game. And this game is is based on being firemen, saving um, people out of a burning building. The rules of that game, there is an introductory and an advanced rules. The introductory level is perfect for people who may have never played games before. And if you're just having people over for the first time, that one's a good one to bring out to the table because they'll pick up on it real quick. And like I said, the co-op aspect is, is really good because you can work together and they may not feel as intimidated by
1: it. And Marty, I, I would agree with you on you know which games to bring out for the first one. Now, we did Pandemic, and it's a great co-op game. Uh, the only point I think that I would somewhat disagree with you on is the ease of teaching it. Um, like I said, I invited this couple over, and they wanted to play Seven Wonders. Well, we finished up, we played Seven Wonders twice, and actually we got through it pretty quick, even with the scoring. And I said, well, let me teach you Pandemic. I've never seen two people quickly turn off a game like they did. And I think it was because I misread. They were looking for that adversarial type arrangement. So I guess you, you do. You need to to kind of feed on that and i'll talk to the guy afterwards and he was like i just wanted the diseases to win i'm like really he goes yeah <laughs> <laughs> he now i think his wife was all into it because she was with my wife discussing strategies and how they can cure but he was like you know i never felt like i was part of the game and i'm like well why not he says i don't know I'm like okay, so so we had an issue there. So I, I look forward to uh, what what is it? What'd you say? Flash? It's not Flashpoint. Is it Flashpoint?
0: Uh Flashpoint. Yes.
1: So I look forward to that one, especially when it talks about you know the easy rules. Now I would I would probably put Castle Panic up in there with it. So I think Flashpoint or Castle Panic would be two great games, because you know Castle Panic is real simple. You know play a card it matches the ring you destroy the monster or he takes a hit point you got to keep your walls up you know hey boom i'm done with the rules on castle panic draw draw a couple more monsters the only question i ever got is so why do the monsters have to start in the forest again Uh, because that's where they that's where they come from okay just just accept that so you know (laughs) uh, I'll never forget that one and, but but from a co-op game I agree with you co-op games you just gotta find if you can find that theme and I think you know the firefighting theme is a great one um uh, to everybody everybody wants to drive a fire truck and if you got a little sounds a little siren sounds that's awesome i can't wait to play it <laughs> we have to make them
0: with your mouth but yeah okay yeah sure uh now i mean but here's the difference is if i was to play with you we wouldn't do the introductory rules we do the advanced rules right because the introductory rules are for for guys that know how to play you wouldn't like it it, it was too dumbed down Throwing the advanced rules makes it a little more challenging. And, in fact, it's kind of tough. Last time we played with the family, we did the advanced rules and the building collapsed on our heads. But, hey, you know, that's how the game goes. Now, I didn't even think about that, about uh, people not wanting to play a co game and rather go head-to-head. So, for me, if that was the situation, I think I would pull out Ticket to Ride. Again, for newer gamers, having people over, I think that's something that they can grasp. Here's a map of the United States and cities on the states that are connected by these uh, these lines, these railroad lines, and basically everybody's given little railroad cars, and the goal is to try to make little chains of their, their railroad cars. To me, I think that's not very intimidating uh, to a new, a new gamer. They, they see something familiar in the board. They understand what trains are. They kind of understand how they work. So the theme is something really easy to pick up on. The gameplay is really easy to teach i've had very good success teaching this to to family members and stuff like that so if i was going to go down a path and not do a co-op game i think for me that's the one i'd bring to the table first
1: yeah i mean i'm at the point now where i probably need to get that game because everybody keeps asking me do you have ticket to ride do you have to or no i don't have ticket to ride i i borrow ticket to ride so i think i'm gonna have to add that one to my collection sometime um, but definitely, you know, it's easy games, colors, everybody can figure out their colors and, and match colors. And it's, and you know, the, the only, I think this advantage is it's only a four player. So, you know, you got to keep that in mind. Are there expansions that can ever make you go to five and six? I don't know. No,
0: no. I think, I think it's
1: more than four player. Four. It is. Okay. I can't remember.
0: I think, uh, it's, uh, I think it's five
1: player. Five player. That's right. Yeah.
0: Because I think our whole family can play.
1: Okay, because I've been playing on the iPad too much, and maybe that's my problem. I have never gone past, you know, four players on it. So, anyway.
0: Oh, how in the world do you play on the iPad? Yeah, it's two to five. I just checked. Okay. Um, I, couldn't, I got the iPad version. I don't even see how you see it. You keep got to pinching out the map so you can see what where the tracks are. <laughs>
1: hey. That's brutal, man. I know, but either way, so you bring the people over. You introduce them to game night. You try to set something up. I think for us, you know, a couple of good games. Marty's set it, tick Ticket to Ride. Any type of the co-op games, and then we've already talked about filler games or quick hitting games. You need to have prepared for that um, to make sure that they can um, be introduced to games or just just gauge it. You know, if if it's you finish up one game and it's too late to start another game, you better have that filler game ready to go and be able to teach it as well. That's another good thing about having those filler games around. Also, from a social aspect of it, and I know when we get to episode eleven, that's going to be just Gusp um, coming up about you know the social aspect of gaming and what the differences are. That's one of the things you got if you got a mixed crowd. You you might want to look at games that that don't allow a lot of heavy thinking and that have that social aspect to it as well. You need you need to bring that into the mix when you bring when you start up that game
0: night. And that's a good point. I think you need to play to your crowd. If you these people that are coming over to your house to play, if you know them, you might want to tailor a game to their personality. If you got somebody that's a that's a type A and, and really has a real strong personality, you might not want to bring a game to the table that can bring that out of a person. And maybe there's somebody else that doesn't like that sort of thing. So you need to be kind of careful. Like, I don't know that if there was somebody who was really aggressive and stuff and somebody who wasn't, uh, if they were in the same group, if I'd pull out Small World. Because that aggressive person would be just like trying to take over the entire thing and the, the passive person might not like that encounter. So I think you also have to kind of play to the people that are going to be there too. And if you know the people that are coming, cater the game to uh, the, the t- personality types that are going to be there.
1: Yes. There's no doubt. And that's all part of being the, the hostess with the most is you need to know your crowd. You need to know who's coming and, and be prepared for it and, and have those games out. And, and, and one thing we didn't cover in the previous segment, Marty, but I, I know you do it all the time is you have the game set up so that when people come in you know they can uh, look at it or something they're not waiting for you to have that set up so you know, from our casual corner two games that are easy to set up like you said ticket to ride or or pandemic uh flashpoint castle panic they're all very easy very quick to set up or have them ready to go without a doubt
0: yeah well i don't know if i consider pandemic and flashpoint very quick to set up but you know
1: well as as everybody i what I do with the pandemic is I throw the rolls out there and mix them up, and I let them sit there and debate over which role they're going to try to find out there that usually gives me enough time to set up the epidemic deck
0: oh okay uh, the only reason why is because uh, it's the same thing with flashpoint you're you're putting out all this stuff, and I feel like you kind of got to explain what's going on. Uh, with Flashpoint, you're rolling dice to determine where the fires are starting and stuff. So, but the nice thing is, as you're setting up, you can kind of explain what's going on. So that could be actually part of the teaching time for sure. Ticket to Ride takes no time at all to set up. You have the cards all uh, shuffled and the and the trains out of everybody's chair. They can sit down and start playing immediately. So that one is one quick one to set up so there's a couple games that uh like i said we didn't really focus on one particular game for this segment but we just wanted to give some games that maybe we talked about in the past that might be good when you're inviting people over to your very first game game.
1: i think that pretty well is a good episode 10 for us the hostess with the mostess, and how you can have a good game night, break away from your normal club nights if you've got a club going. But to be honest with you, Marty, uh we're in the springtime down here in the south. And just like the movie theater theaters out there, man, it seems like we've, we're kind of in a dry spell on things happening out there in the game world. I mean... No big game releases, nothing. I'm not seeing a whole lot of stuff hit the news or anything like that. So we're waiting on the summer blockbusters or something waiting on gen con.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, so everybody's holding off on announcements for origins and gencon, so I mean. The, they're, the games are, are there ready to go but they're just waiting for the big events later on this summer in order to to release them
1: yeah i know so i feel like we're in that lull between you know the the big releases and everything can't wait we have a lot to talk about you know after all the gaming conventions and it's it's just kind of like okay well let's see what we can do you know hey let's let's go back and revisit some stuff so you know um i know that we got episode 11 coming up and we've already mentioned it mm-hmm. a little bit i hope i hope everybody enjoys that speaking of organizing boy that's been a challenge trying to get episode 11 put together holy cow
0: uh yeah so episode 11 without giving too much away has some very special guests on there and getting all these special guests organized together It's been a bit tougher than what we thought, so hopefully we will uh, get this all worked up and it will be released, let's see, when is that? The first, in two weeks, the first Tuesday of May, so it'll be May 7th when... um, when the eleventh episode comes out, but hopefully we can get all the guests lined up and everything worked out, and, and we'll be good to go.
1: Yeah, I mean, what two months of preparation for this, and we're pushing the, <laughs> to the final week before we can get it recorded. Oh, Holy cow! I, 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 I,
0: I know. I, I just hope that it meets the expectations that we're putting out it, there. That we hope that we hope it'll have.
1: Oh, it doesn't matter. It's, it'll meet my expectations. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> without a doubt so I know um, we just really uh, last week we released our five-minute initiative where we talked about games that made us angry if you haven't listened to that give that a listen and um, hear about various things that you know that kind of get under think think a little bit about that out there um, that's something that being a host you may not want to break out that game that just cheeses you off that would be a bad thing as a host to get mad at people when you invite them over I don't know about you Marty but that's not <laughs> probably a positive thing
0: <laughs> yeah they won't come back then so like i said you know just uh just don't give me an air control game and let, if i play air control just leave me in my area alone jeez,
1: exactly or a game where i look at you and i'm going to flip the freaking table just go boom there i'm done with you get out of my house <laughs> i don't want you in my house okay you you beat me one too many times i don't care that you you know you're cheating you're rolling the dice you know, I could just see a couple people—a bunch of cheaters. That's a positive thing.
0: Yeah, there you go. That—that'll bring them right back.
1: Oh, I tell you what. So anyway, we've—we've we've got that going on. We've got a special one with episode eleven. We're, we've hit episode ten. We're getting into our stride. Things are going real good. Um, over 100 plus followers on our Twitter account, which is Dice and Names. Did I get it right that time? Yes.
0: At Dice and Names. Yeah. 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 We, we broke 100. We've been saying, hey, when we're going to do it. And all of a sudden, it was just like an avalanche. We got a bunch of them at once. So. We Appreciate all those people out there, and please talk to us if you uh send us a tweet or something. We will respond very quickly because we're bored and we have nothing else to do. So,
1: Marty will respond, I will see it a week later. Um, but you <laughs> yeah, know. you're responsible
0: for the guild on the uh, board game geek, right? Yeah, I'm, take doing, care of those, right?
1: yeah I'm, I'm doing a real good job there too. Um, I, just that whole I, I I'm trying, it's like getting your friends to try to organize, use all kinds of social media you just got to make it a habit there's no doubt about that and do you really have to say at in front of your um twitter you do okay I, at dice and names and then of course on our no, blog I guess you
0: don't have to just dice names i think if people understand twitter they understand the at symbols in front of it so
1: who knows and then our blog roll dice it's rolling dice taking names is that correct how about roll dice take I can't always screw that up. Roll, it, See, that's the problem with memory on a browser. You never have to. I just type R and it pops up. It's beautiful, man. <laughs>
0: well, we thought about rolling dice, <clears throat> excuse me, rolling dice taking names, but it's like, holy cow, that's a lot to type. So we just sorted it roll dice take names and our email address admin at add, uh, roll dice, take And, uh, Got our Facebook page, the Twitter account. We got the Board Game Guild, Board Game Geek Guild. So we're out there so you guys can look for us. Any sh- shape of form that you might
1: use for social media, we're there, except for Pinterest. Except for Pinterest. We're uh, not there yet. You might get there. That's for ladies. I understand. And we we'll, we'll we'll try to get out a quick shout-out. We do normally do it at the front, but I do want to get a quick shout-out to um, Lee and our gaming Club, he won uh, the one of the regional tournaments for Net Runner. Way to go, Lee! Um, he whipped my hind end in a mini tournament in under five minutes, I think. But way to go, Lee! And we know that um, he he talks to us a lot and helps us out with Netrunner. And I'm really looking forward to that, Marty. That's coming up in in June. Uh, really looking forward to our net runner tournament. And hopefully, you and I can go there and spend some money and let someone else walk away with the trophy. But we'll see. Maybe we'll all have a shot at that. Who knows?
0: Looking forward to get our butt beat. Well, you know, Lee deserves it because he's the guy that had his game thrown up all over. So you know, hopefully, it's a little <laughs> bit of a consolation to him.
1: Yeah, one of those sweet um, Netrunner maps, so a little crystal trophy saying regional, and he can go to the big stuff. So way to go, Lee. And uh, we appreciate you giving us uh, noobs a bunch of opportunities to learn how to play that game when you go up against us. And great guy to definitely teach us the game. So um, uh, that's always fun. Get you if you haven't tried Netrunner, look into that. That's a uh, still one of the top games on BoardGameGeek.com, if I'm not mistaken. It's one of the hot ones still, isn't it, Marty? Oh, still one of the hot ones.
0: That's that, it's so funny. That seems to be a, little, a love or hate game. I've read reviews where people just do not yeah. like it. They don't like the fact that, like you said, you lost in five minutes. They just don't like that. And I can understand that. But it's, it's funny how popular it is because there is that little bit of a luck factor where if the cards just don't go your right, right at the beginning, the game could be over really quick. So I'm surprised it stayed number one this long because of that.
1: Uh, shuffle the deck, go again, because the, th- after he beat me five minutes, I replayed him because, well, we had time to kill in the tournament. But anyway, that same thing, I beat him the next time with, you know, so it wasn't like we changed anything. It just so happens. I, well, won. one, I've learned what to be ready for, but I knew that and he just didn't have that combo. So then I won. So you never do know about that game. All right, well, anything else we got to do a quick shout-out about, Marty?
0: No, I think we've shouted out enough. I mean, we're not getting any money for this or any, you know, endorsements or anything by shouting out, so I don't know I'm not shouting
1: out. <laughs> because it's <laughs> it's fun, man. We never do know. Hey, go And if you're in the Charlotte area, but go But what about
0: the people we're shouting out to don't hear it? Did your niece or whoever hear the last one?
1: Yes, she did. She said, thank you so much. She really did appreciate that. And I can't wait to We're see it. Yeah, tell her to send us something. Uh, she just said she wouldn't make fun of me for a while. I said, "Okay, thanks. Bye." <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's something. All right. Yeah. No problem. I guess I'll have to do it then.
1: All right, and then until next way, uh, next time. Uh, this is Tony and Marty for Rolling Dice and Taking Names, and that was not the right ending, was it?
0: no nope. see this is only the second time we've ever done it oh. I wonder if you were going to remember it because we didn't show prep it so no it's uh, oh go ahead
1: uh, 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 oh uh, no that's not it is it let's see so um, and, well until well until until two weeks from now <laughs> keep rolling dice
0: and taking names
1: see there it is I knew I could remember it. Zombie dice.